In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Since there's no baseball, we need a new national pastime, and I think it's washing our hands. Before Governor Northam closed all our schools, no place was more safe from the plague than our classrooms. It seems ages ago now, when our seventh graders were bathing themselves in hand sanitizer about every 12 minutes, and approximately three times per hour, they were taking Lysol wipes and cleansing every surface they could get a hold of. But there are some contagions that cannot be washed away with soap and water or alcohol. Out! damned spot. Thus spake Shakespeare's Lady Macbeth. She had blood on her hands, washing them a quarter of an hour at a time, could not clean them. She and her husband had killed King Duncan. An ocean of water, her husband said, could not wash away the blood from his conscience. The same theme is in Tennessee Williams' play, A Streetcar Named Desire. Blanche tries to cleanse herself from her sins by taking long baths, but the constant washing never makes her clean. Human nature is infected with something far worse than COVID-19. Death infects us, and the fear of death makes us greedy and grasping, anxious and angry. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, fallen short of what God meant humankind to be. No radiation can remove this cancer. No malignant narcissism can be removed by any treatment we have. The malignant narcissism has metastasized. In the accounts of the ancients, water cleansed the earth when wickedness became boundless. The great flood washed away the contagion. And again, slaves were pursued by an army and then hemmed in by water. The waters parted and the slaves went through. Then the Red Sea closed in and cleansed the land of those who were those who would enslave, and those who murdered children. These great events, the flood and the crossing of the Red Sea, are ritualized and applied personally by the baptisms of John the Baptist and then Jesus. One word above all is attached to John's baptism, repent. That's what his baptism signified, turn change, become different. But John's baptism is preparatory. The baptism Jesus institutes delivers the forgiveness of sins, and it joins the disciple to Jesus' death and resurrection. To be joined to Jesus is to, is to mystically participate in what he accomplished for us. It is to participate in his crucifixion and resurrection. St. Paul says this clearly in Romans 6. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus 
were baptized into his death. If we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. The things that are written in a very straightforward way by St. Matthew and St. Paul are instead woven into discourses in St. John's Gospel. So, for example, there is no institution of the Lord's Supper in John's Gospel. But after Jesus feeds the 5,000, we find Jesus talking about the benefits of eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Likewise, there is no institution of baptism in John's Gospel, but there is water, water everywhere. To Nicodemus, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And to the woman at the well, Jesus promises the water of life. To the thirsty, Jesus invites to come to him and drink rivers of living water. And then finally, on the cross, after the spear thrust, from his side flows blood and water. And that happens right after Jesus hands over the spirit. John doesn't want us to miss the point that he first set forth to Nicodemus. Water and the Spirit gives you the new birth and entrance into the kingdom of heaven. And now here at the death of Jesus, from his pierced side comes water and his blood, and he gives the Holy Spirit. And so now at the supper, we have more water. It's obvious that the foot washing is not something that is supposed to be literally repeated as a sacrament. With baptism, Jesus gives a clear command, make disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them all of my words. And likewise, with the Lord's Supper, Jesus says, do this. It's very clear, very explicit. But with the foot washing in John's Gospel, we get the language of similarity and example. I have given you an example, and as I have loved you, so you also love one another. In other words, there's a lesson and a message in the foot washing. It's fine to literally wash other people's feet, but Jesus is giving a deeper kind of example here of love. Nevertheless, Jesus says something that startles Peter. If I do not wash you, you have no part in me. What does this mean? That word part is sometimes translated as share. You have no share in me. Think about shares of stock in a company. Shares make you owner of a portion of the company. Or if a father has three children, he may leave his inheritance in equal shares, one-third to each child. When Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me, he is saying that those whom Jesus washes have a share, have a part in his kingdom. And so Peter says, well, then go ahead and wash my hands and my head too, because I want what you are offering. But then Jesus says, you're already clean, you're bathed, 
we just need to wash up the feet a little bit. And at that point, I imagine Peter and the rest of the disciples are saying the same thing that preachers and theologians have for centuries. Huh? What does this mean? When did we take a bath? And it's two chapters later in John 15 where Jesus finally explains it to them. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. The word from Jesus makes you clean. So let's put all this together. John's Gospel spends chapter 13 all the way through more than half of 18 just on Maundy Thursday. And you heard how Jesus introduced it. This is what Maundy Thursday is about in John's Gospel. And we could say not only Maundy Thursday, but spilling over into Good Friday and the crucifixion. For in the Jewish way of thinking, the evening of Maundy Thursday and the day of Good Friday are all one day. What does Jesus say? What does John say about the work of Jesus? When Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What Jesus does from the supper to the foot washing to praying for his disciples to his arrest to his abandonment to his beating to receiving the unjust accusations to receiving a false condemnation to his crucifixion and burial. It all is summarized with this one phrase. He loved them. He pours that love into his words, and sometimes he attaches that loving word to things like water, bread, and wine. But the important thing is, who does the action? Always look at the subject, verb, and object. When we get that turned around, we'll get bad theology. We always want to put ourselves as the subject, make ourselves the driver of the action. But John's Gospel tells us we need to be the object and let Jesus be the subject. Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. If I, Jesus, the subject, do not wash, that's the verb, that's the action, you, the subject, Peter, then you have no part with me. Let's simplify that. I wash you. Jesus washes Peter. Jesus washes you. Jesus gives life to you. Jesus saves you. Jesus cleans you. Jesus forgives you. Jesus resurrects you. Jesus raises you from the dead. Who does the action? Jesus. Who is the receiver of the action? Peter. You, the disciple, us. If we get that wrong, then we'll have no part with Jesus, no share. We'll end up with our own inheritance and not his. And what have we inherited? Nothing but sin and death. If we try to make ourselves clean, we'll never get the job done. Sometimes you hear people say, you need to learn to forgive yourself. No, confess. Don't forgive yourself. Confess your sins. Let Jesus do the forgiving. And he does. He delights in forgiving. 
If we try to make ourselves clean, we'll never get the job done. We'll be like Blanche, always cleansing ourselves, yet never becoming clean. We'll be like Lady Macbeth, out damned spot, but the blood never washes away. What sins make you unclean? Are you filled with lust? Are you dissatisfied with what God has given you or withheld from you? Are you angry? Have you gossiped? Are you unkind to your spouse? Short-tempered with your children? Do you refuse to forgive someone? Do you measure everything by what benefits you? You'll never get yourself clean. Stop. Let Jesus do what he does. He says to you, I wash you. You have a share with me in my kingdom. You are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. I love you as the truest friend, as an elder brother, as your protector. I give my life for you. I say, out, damned spot, and it is gone. You are clean. In the name of Jesus. Amen.